If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast, the Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane and tonight I'd like to thank our Patreon sponsors Dale Snelling, Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Tom Kim and Tim. You can join our Patreon donors and support the show by heading over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Spotify, wherever you like to get your podcast from, and like, subscribe, and review. But tonight, we have a special guest, the guy that wears the sequin suits at Gold Coast Suns Games, host of the Gold Coast Suns Inside 50 podcast, and has also been doing some stints lately on ABC Local Radio, giving a match report. Welcome to the show, Jason Churchill. Good evening, Shane. How are you, buddy? Good, good. So, let's see. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to chat to you. I've listened to your Inside 50 podcast uh, last year when it came out. and Oh, good. Someone has. That's, that's great news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was quite impressed and very, let's just say, envious that I wasn't interviewing some of the, the Suns uh, people you were, such as Mark Evans and yes, John Haynes, yeah. Stuart Jew. So yes. I'm sure you've got I was some very gr- very fortunate. Yes. I'm sure you've got some great stories for us. But I do. <laughs> first let's get to know you a bit better. So you coach junior footy here on the Gold Coast. You go to Suns games since day 1 and yep. you've been wearing um sequin suits, so brightly colored shiny suits to uh I guess show your support and give a bit of attention. Indeed. Oh, well, it's, I'm, I'm a passionate. Uh, I'm a passionate AFL supporter. Um, obviously, Gold Coast Suns supporter. I'm a, I'm a Gold Coast Suns or Gold Coast local, and uh, absolutely stoked that the uh, Gold Coast got their own uh, AFL license back in uh, what was that 2009? I think it was granted, and then um, uh, the last. Obviously, this is our tenth year, and away we go. We're uh, we're on the up and up. Uh, the Suns, which is which is fantastic, but um, when you're uh, out at the footy, why not dress up? It uh, saves me wearing it around the house because I'm not allowed to. <laughs> so you've obviously got a lot of attention from wearing these suits. Uh, the clubs approached you about doing this Inside Fifty podcast, uh, and yes. you get recognised pretty much wherever you go. It sounds like it. Yeah, it's been. I guess a, a part of it. Uh, I've, I've spoken to a number of people over the journey, and uh, on the back of, of, of wearing the suit because it's it's an icebreaker. So it, it, it's something a bit different. Um, I I did it in my uh, my previous business life and my career I had for for twenty odd years as a financial advisor, and uh, it worked beautifully there in that industry where it was. Uh, Quite wearing something different was quite memorable. Uh, it would uh, evoke a, a reaction in some way, shape, or form, and um, 
I guess, yeah, just wearing it. It's not not the main purpose and not the reason of, of, for for wearing it to the footy. I just want to dress up as uh, as brightly as I can and be as loud and as passionate as I possibly can to uh, support my uh, to support my local team. And uh, if you end up getting a few benefits uh, on the back of it because you do become known, and uh, and they go, okay, he's not a not a bad, not a bad dude. Um, he he knows his footy. He's passionate. Let's uh, let's see how he goes. And I guess that's how the opportunity arose at uh, uh, beginning of last year, um, beginning of 2019, with uh, being asked to uh, be the host of the uh, Inside 50 podcast, um, which is obviously internally done by uh, by the football club, which was uh, an honour and a privilege. And uh, unfortunately, um, can't do it this year with uh, for obvious reasons with COVID-19 and. Uh, the very, very strong and firm uh, restrictions that have been put on um, uh, the the footy club and uh, and the AFL as a whole, or the AFL have brought down, which is uh, obviously has to be done, and it's a it's not a bad thing, but uh, unfortunately things do fall by the wayside. And uh, inside fifty for for this football season has been uh, has been pushed pushed aside for uh, for that reason. I can't. I can't be in the, inside the club and I can't do face-to-face interviews with, uh, as you mentioned, the likes of uh, Mark Evans and John Haynes and Stuart Jew and, and some of the players, which, uh, as I said, was a privilege and it was fantastic to uh, be able to do that last year. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. Um, but you, it fa- is, yeah. you found yourself uh, doing helping out ABC Local Radio lately doing the Monday yeah. Match Report. How's that going? Yeah, that's really good. Um that absolutely came out of the blue. Uh, I happened to if you remember back um, in round two, uh, or just prior to round two, finally getting up and running. There was a, 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 a distinct chance that um, Anastasia, Anastasia Palaszczuk was going to allow, uh, and the club had applied, and other lines had applied as well for like five hundred or a thousand people to be allowed to go to the first game. So on the Monday. Um, ABC uh, Gold Coast um, had it as a talkback section uh, on, on the air and said, please ring in and, and let us know if uh, if you would go, basically, if the, if the restrictions are lifted, um, which ultimately the next day they weren't. They were the following week. Um, but on the Monday they said, ring up and let us know if they are lifted tomorrow, um, would you go to the footy? And I just picked up the phone and rang and Honestly, it's the first time I've ever phoned in on ABC. And uh, it was just a random, very random conversation about, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a foundation member and I'm passionate and so on and so forth. And um, we had a bit of a chat and said I would definitely go if, uh, if, it was, if it was lifted. Obviously, it was lifted the following week and I've been to the Games, which has been fantastic. Um, but uh, they ended up keeping asking for my number and kept it and said, uh, you seem to know your stuff. Um, do you mind if we maybe give you a call one day to have a bit more of a chat about uh, about the Suns? And it has now become a regular weekly thing with um, uh, Matt Webber ringing me uh, the, the, the night after, oh, sorry, the morning after the previous night's game. So normally... 8.30, from 8.30 on a Monday morning on 91.7 FM, giving a five- or ten-minute match report on how the Suns went. And most of the time it's been pretty good because we're four and four and on the up. Yeah, a lot of positive news to talk about this year, so I imagine it's been a pretty easy job. 
Um, yeah, it has. Yeah, we've got good material this year. That's for sure. It, it wasn't that easy on Inside Fifty last year when uh, ultimately we had uh, what was it, eighteen losses in a row. So the start of the season was okay because we won three of our first four. But whew, as the season went on, with a number of injuries and uh, and obviously the victories not coming our way, um, it was it, it was a, a bit of a slog. But uh, just on that. The, the likes of Mark Evans and John Haynes and Stuart Jew and even the players and all the staff, the positivity around a club that is losing several games in a row at the time and then they lose again and then another couple and I go in two weeks later towards the end of the season and they're, they're, they're 15, 14, 15, 16 in, in a row they've lost and it, it's, it was like it was still... Round five or six, there was there was obviously concern. They, they'd love better on-field performances, and they'd like a shorter injury list as it was last season. But the positivity and 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 everyone, I guess, rowing in the in the same direction and and having a a big picture view of the club, of the players, of who was going to stay, who was not going to stay, who they're looking at recruiting, so on and so forth. This is all this time last year, so July, August last year. And here we are, 11 months down the, tr- down the track, and it's absolutely bearing fruit. Everyone can see it. The AFL, the whole competition can see it. Uh, we could have easily been five and three, um, maybe even six and two if we got uh, got our kicking boots on and, and, and a bit of bit more work around the ball against Melbourne. That was a, a winnable game as well. So... Yeah, it's uh, we've come a, a hell of a long way in such a short period of time, but internally the confidence has been there, um, and the process has been there, and the coaching and the support and everything has been there. So uh, it's 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 a great time to be a Suns fan. In all fairness, it, it is a great time. I'm I'm having so much fun uh, watching Suns games, and it's something that I haven't. I've done over the last few years, but I haven't enjoyed it anywhere near as much as what I have this year. And I'm sure you're the same. Hundred percent, yeah. Oh, the the just watching the the enjoyment. What I what I enjoy the most is watching other players celebrate someone kicking a goal. So. It was the game against, I think, Adelaide, and I was watching a bit of work that Will Powell did on on the half-forward flank, which was a pressure act. He didn't touch the ball. It was a pressure act. The ball went forward. We kicked a goal. He lined back up on the wing on uh, on the western side of the ground. On the eastern side of the ground, Brandon Ellis was on the other wing, and... I was on centre wing up in uh, up on the second level and, and watching across the ground, and the acknowledgement that Brandon Ellis gave Will Powell with clapping above his head and pointing to him, and, and Will was clapping him back because of to acknowledge it. That's the sort of stuff that that that, that wins finals and wins premierships because the camaraderie and the teamwork is what it's all about. When you're talking about a a list of forty odd players. That's it can be so easily disjointed with so many different people and so many different personalities. But the one thing, having been part of of uh, or brushing brushing shoulders, I guess a little bit with the inner sanctum in my experience and my my little bit of experience in, in doing inside fifty last year and being around the club as a foundation member since day dot and and what have you is it, it, it's second to none um, in 
the, over the last sort of 18 months uh, compared to how where it was previously. But I think also in comparison to the rest of the competition because they're, we're, we're, they've reset, reset big time, and it's absolutely working. And I just enjoy watching the, the team celebrate a goal. Not an individual. Um, obviously, we've got some amazing individuals, and someone like Isaac Rankin is going to light up the highlights reel more than more than most. He's a Andrew McLeod rolled into Cyril Rioli, I think. And uh, look out, we've got exciting times ahead with, with with that one player. But how other players talk about him and how he actually talks about other players as well um, is, is fantastic. So it's it's such a team environment and that's the most exciting part where it doesn't matter who kicks the goal. It doesn't matter who lays that crucial tackle. Um, it, it, it's it's the Suns. It, it, and that's that's Hawthorne-like in their three-peat. That's Brisbane Lions-like in their three-peat. So not to say that we're, the Suns are going to have a three-peat. A, uh, a finals appearance would be lovely over the next... Uh, well, well, maybe this year. Oh, it's a, it's a big maybe, but it's a maybe. We're in it. Uh, but certainly next year, I'd, I'd like to think that we're playing finals next season, 2021, and uh, and anything can happen from there. But uh, the signs are there where you just see, you saw the Geelong era sort of start in the mid-noughties. You saw, uh, and obviously they had some great clashes with Hawthorne for a decade. Um, you can just see the Suns, the birth of the Suns over the last sort of 12, 18 months and this season is uh, is really exciting to watch because it's really coming together on the field. But off-field, it's been coming together for a couple of years and you've got to build that foundation first and they've done it. Yep. Um, you also... You, I know that you're a North Melbourne supporter as well. I believe you're, pa- I am, you're yes. up paid up front member this year as well? Yes, I am. Yep. I've, uh, I've been a... Uh, well, on the membership card, it's got uh, 20 years consecutive member, and I don't want to let that go. Um, despite not getting to, to, I think I've been to maybe two North Melbourne games in the last four years. Um, so I, I want to know, yeah, yeah, so go on. I, I want to know who do you support when the Suns play North Melbourne? Like, is it a hard decision <laughs> for you? It is. It has. It it has been a hard decision for me, and. Uh, any of my mates who know how passionate I've been about the the Kangas since uh, since the 90s in particular um, will we'll probably not believe it, but the Suns are my number one team now and the, the, that's probably been a transition period over the last couple of years. Um, so it was in the past, gradual. In the past, I, I would actually... Sorry, Shane. Yeah, in it, the past, it was I, gradual, I, I would yeah. go for whoever's on top. So okay. let's say that North are ninth, and the Suns are fifteenth, and there's and North have got to win to make the eight and go for North. So whichever team's going to benefit more from the victory, I was torn for probably five seasons. Now I find myself going for the Suns. Uh, the last couple of times we played North Melbourne, so um, without a shadow of a doubt, and I, I've I've sort of been cranky when North have kicked a goal. So that's the first time I can say that in my life. So there you go. It's it's taken a while, but. Uh, yeah, the best part of sort of eight or nine seasons of watching the Suns very closely, and uh, I've, I've, I can still say I've got two teams. And when North are playing anybody else, I'm, I'm watching intently. But um, when the Suns play North, I'm, I'm now going for uh, for the mighty Gold Coast Suns, which is fantastic. Okay, so yeah, it took you about five years. I think it only took me two years. Uh, being a who, former, who did you support, Joe? I, I was a former Adelaide supporter. 
So oh, wow. I, okay. I supported the Crows. Um, yes. However, the Suns came into the comp and obviously being a Gold Coaster at this stage, I was yes. all on board the Gold Coast train. But I think the first time we played Adelaide, I wasn't expecting much. I figured Adelaide would win anyway, but I was still excited to see the Suns' development. But the next yes. year, I I think I the, when we had played Adelaide, I think the Suns had shown a bit more, so I was a bit expecting them to be better performed. So when Adelaide ended up smashing us, I walked, left that game feeling quite upset. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. So for me, that was the the hammer and the, the tipping point. The tipping yeah. point that. I was a Sun supporter now, not a not a, not a Crow supporter. That's so, awesome. Yeah, for me, it only took two years, but five years. I mean, North Melbourne were a really strong team in the early 2010s to 2015. Yes. I think I think they played consecutive prelims and stuff. Yeah, we did. Yep. So yeah. it, that would have been easier to to hold on to a winning team. Yeah. It definitely was. Yeah, and uh, I guess this year with. Uh, the battle for the spoon uh, at uh, Metricon Stadium. I think it's Saturday afternoon. Uh, your old mob against my old mob. Um, it's it's a lot easier to, uh, to to support the Suns when they're winning and uh, when they're when they're doing better than your former team. So uh, yeah, it's uh, be, be an inter- interesting game on Saturday. Someone's got to win, so so it'll probably be a draw. <laughs> All right, so. You, you've given us a, a fair insight already into what you've done with the Inside 50 podcast, but are there any memorable moments that stand out working behind the scenes with Suns players or staff? Um, I'll give them a big tick of approval, first and foremost, for the for the professionalism, um, the preparation that, that went into it, and... Uh, the likes of uh, Rhiannon and Sam, staff members that had everything organised, and then I'd just be sitting there waiting for, uh, for example, David Lake and um, Fee McLarty to talk about AFLW um, was was one of the episodes, uh, one of the podcasts last year, and uh, they they got caught up. I know Mark Evans got caught up in a uh, was running a bit behind because he had a um, a media conference to do downstairs and. Everything still, everything ran perfectly well. Um, just having the the unbelievable opportunity to, to to host it and potentially host it again in the future, as they were happy with how it went. Um, just being part of a, a little piece of that jigsaw, and I guess because I saw the. Um, it meant so much more because of the way that it was done, the professionalism of it, as I, as I mentioned, and the the passion that everybody had and the direction that everybody was going in together um, made it all that more special. It wasn't just something slapped together and let's knock out a little podcast to keep the members happy. It wasn't that at all. It was something that if members listened to it, that's a bonus. If not, well, we're here to do this for a reason. And everybody was on the same page in their message as well. So the the overarching thing for me um, being a memorable moment was actually the, the entire podcast, the entire thing. So obviously... So, so you I, just I being a, the front man in this situation, mm-hmm. it, you're, you're saying that the digital team, the media team at the Suns, uh, they were crafting the show... Uh, with such love, it was it was quite impressive. Yeah, I yep. just had to turn up and, and I was going to say look pretty. Not even that. It's a podcast like this. 
Um, so it doesn't matter what. I've got my dressing gown, actually, so don't tell anyone. Um, this isn't on air, is it? No. <laughs> um, but having the, um, I guess, it was such a well-oiled machine, and then once we went to air, the, the, the message came across from everybody was just so consistent all the way through, and they were, they were prepared. So they were even prepped on what, what the actual agenda and what the questions were going to be um, and, and what, what they were looking to get out of the podcast because of um, the, the digital team and, 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 and the marketing team and, and, and dealing with um, all the different people that I spoke with, obviously. that I had great fun with Stuart Jew. He was, he's an absolute ripper. He's a gentleman. Um, he, he's extremely passionate and uh, I... I, I Love to see him be um, be successful and, and, and win finals and, and be a successful coach in the AFL because I, I think he's certainly the right man for the job. And having him on on the inside fifty was a couple of times for him to give his time up as a senior AFL coach in a very very difficult season last year, particularly the second time when I think we were three and sixteen or something at the time him to still come on and be still super positive and still talk about not necessarily the, the, the Brennan Bolton green shoots type scenario, but still talk about the direction of the club, the opportunity opportunities provided to some of these younger players, the connectivity that, that is, is coming. He can see it coming with these guys playing together for, for only 10, 20, 30 games, the Jack Bowes and the Benny Ainsworths and just the connection that these guys are starting to have on and off the field, you see it come game day. You, you can now really see how they're, how they're gelling together. And he was saying that in the midst of a significantly um, long losing streak and, in all fairness, very rarely were we competitive in the, in the last six to eight rounds in particular. There's maybe one game, I think the Essendon game late last year, where we were pretty close. I think Stringer kicked a goal late. To, uh, to to blow us uh, uh, to blow us out of the water for, for maybe winning the game, but outside of that, there were very few games that we were we were in um, after probably half time or three quarter time. So it wasn't like we were losing close, and there was there was good competitive efforts. There were some very very average efforts, and it had to do with with talent on the field as well, mm-hmm. and. The positivity still coming out of the likes of Stuart Jew and, and Mark Evans, for that matter, when I spoke with him, um, was just super, super impressive. And uh, that's that was memorable to me. It, it, it's it, That's probably what's rusted me on even more as a, as, a, as, a, as a foundation. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Remember, and I've, I've obviously pledged my family membership for the season and uh, going along on Sunday for the Giants game, and I've, I went to the uh, the Bulldogs game last week, and uh, I've been to every game this year so far that uh, that has been up here. And um, and loving every minute of it as as you have been too, Shane. And I'm sure that every all our listeners have been been loving watching the Suns run around. And yeah, just just a shame we couldn't get across the line against the Bulldogs and, and be sitting in the eight at five and three. It's just so close. But 
it'll come. It, it, we won't lose those games next year going forward. They're the games that we'll 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 win, no doubt. Yeah, it was a real disappointment. We'll talk about the Bulldogs game later in the show. But sure. what what was your favourite Suns win? Talking about all the wins we've seen this year, is there one this year that's impressed you the most as your favourite or is it something from a couple of years ago? Um, we, we, seem to, we seem to go really well against Fremantle. I thought the Fremantle victory this year and certainly the Fremantle victory last year as well were... Uh, were, were, were awesome. The, the the finish to Carlton last year with Jack Bowes kicking that winner was excitement plus and certainly being live at the ground and it was almost out in front of us uh, on the field. We're, in, you know, I think, in the fourth row and, and weren't too far away from the action and, and that was... Uh, that was that was bedlam in the crowd. The crowd were, were going off more than the players, which was just great to see that the the, the, the passion. So I guess being in the uh, in and around um, at, at a home game in a close, hard fought, tight win certainly that we're we're not expected to win many games. Uh, certainly the beginning of last season, um, the, the the Carlton Fremantle games stick out in recent memory. Beginning of last year, the Fremantle game this year, which I thought. Fremantle aren't a bad side. Um, that they've pushed pretty much every team that they've played. Um, they've, they've had a couple of um, on. Uh, I think last night it was they only kicked a couple of goals, but prior to that they've, they've been very competitive and in, in pretty much every game all the way through. And they that's a sort of game that we would have lost last year, I think, or previous years. So I was really impressed with. We didn't play our best, but I was really impressed with the way we, we fought the game out and obviously the the Adelaide and, and, and the West Coast win prior to that. The West Coast game was really um, was was exciting to watch. Obviously, Matt Rowell run around and, and dominate against a quality midfield, but I did think and I had heard uh, uh, that West Coast were... Uh, pretty flat. That only just settled in. I just didn't think they were going to be ready, and we were we were red hot, and that 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 showed. Um, but against the odds, against the odds, wins um, that game in Sydney, uh, beating the Sydney Swans down at the SCG when we beat them for the first time. And uh, I think your old mob Adelaide, the, the the win that we had this year against Adelaide. Well, well I think of it, that was the that was uh, the finally completed the set. Um, we've now beaten every team in the AFL prior to prior to this season. We hadn't beaten Adelaide, and prior to last season, we hadn't beaten the Sydney Swans. I think it was so. Um, that that win down in uh, down at the SCG against the Swans was was a, was a fantastic win. Was that last year or the year no, before? No, that was twenty eighteen because we still had it Stephen was May playing for us at that stage. That's right. Yes. So, speaking of Stephen May. Is he your favourite Suns player, or please tell me you've got someone else? I'm sick of Stephen May being our favourite Suns player. Yeah, well, I guess there's a few over the journey. I had a I had a very close affiliation with Daniel Harris, who was at the Suns in Year One and oh, came yeah. up from North Melbourne. I'm I'm, I'm personally uh, close friends with him. Um, Jager O'Meara, I actually sponsored him in his first three seasons. We only got to see him play for one of those three seasons, but. Um, uh, got to know Jager personally, and uh, he was an absolute ripper. But unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, went down to the Hawks for uh, just needed a needed a fresh start. Had had so many injuries, just needed a fresh start. So I didn't hold that uh, and begrudge him for that. And uh, he did speak to me about it before he went down. So um, that was a shame. But um, Jager was, was was certainly an early an early favourite. 
Tom Lynch was my dad's favourite, but right now, let's talk about today, um, I've got two. Um, one of them is Benny Ainsworth. I think he's an absolute star. He gives 120% and... He yeah he, he goes at a bullet a gate and he, he just he just loves he just loves the club and uh, a, a Victorian and I I love the fact that he's embraced the Gold Coast like he has and uh, he is um, he is a son through and through and more recently joining the club last season um, he has really he's been in he's now in the leadership group which is a testament to how he's carried himself. And then he played half a season last year, and that's Sam Collins. Um, I had Sam um, on the podcast along with... Uh, Josh. Josh Corbett. So I had Josh Corbett and um, and Chris Burgess. And Sam Collins I spoke to uh, another time uh, separately, not actually on the podcast. Sorry, I didn't have Sam on the podcast. I had, I had Burjo and, and Josh. And we were talking about the three The three of them joined the club at the same time and, and they were all three peas in a pod. And I spoke to Sam uh, two or three times uh, at Suns events, etc., and got to know him. And, and he's made a beeline for me every time he's, I've been in the area and he's come and said g'day and, and he's, he's just a... A cracking young man, and I'll tell you what, he is a footballer and a half. I can't believe Ross Lyon didn't give him a crack at Fremantle uh, more than what he got. Uh, he is uh, our number one defender, in in my opinion, and he, he showed that against the Bulldogs the other night, that's for sure. Uh, well, that's, he's, he's, a, he's a star. Yeah, he is, and that was implemented against the Bulldogs. He was one of our better players, so let's jump into that Bulldogs review. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So the Gold Coast Suns, 6 goals, 10-46, were defeated by the Western Bulldogs, 7 goals, 9-51. We went down by a 5-point margin, Sexton kicked 3 goals, but it was a bit of a thriller for a Thursday night. First of all, what what was your opinion on the Thursday night? You, you're a, you've got a family uh, membership, so yes. you have family that go along to the game. Was it difficult being a school night? Uh, it was a bit of a challenge getting the uh, the nine year old up who's in grade four. Um, he, he, he's yeah, Jet's nine years of age, and uh, he struggled to get up Friday morning, and uh, then then played uh, played footy Sunday morning, and he was still a bit tired. So not ideal. Friday night footy would be fantastic, or a public holiday the next day. Um, <laughs> but um, I personally, I, I, I'd go to any day of the week. Um, Personally, uh, and, and certainly we've got, we've got Wednesday night and Thursday night and Monday night coming up uh, in August. So uh, I'll do my best to get to all of those games. I don't know if the uh, the whole family will join me for uh, obvious reasons, being a school night. Um, and I certainly think there's an eight o'clock game coming up. Yeah, next Thursday. I'm actually yeah, on the fence about game. going to that one. I think that's just going to be too late for me. Yeah, uh, I'll be there. I, I'm I'm going to go. I might take my dad. My dad's 84. Yeah, um, he, he, he's in, but uh, I don't think that my son will go because he's that's 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 past his bedtime. So <laughs> um, that's that that's a bit of a challenge. But I'm sure they I'm sure, might let him stay up and watch the first quarter. Um, we'll see uh, see how he goes. But it's a it's a big uh, big ask on a school night to uh, to be out and maybe not getting home till 10:30, 11 o'clock. So um, Thursday night though, the seven o'clock start. The whole family went. So the, the Western get back to the Western Bulldogs game. Um, we absolutely uh, were, were in it up to our eyeballs, and um, and the family uh, the, the family were there cheering them on. And unfortunately, just fell just short. 
Um, Rankin fell just short in the end <laughs> with uh, with his dominant dominance in the in the final quarter and and the Suns' dominance in the last ten minutes. We just couldn't get that that goal. Um, we just yeah, missed too many chances, unfortunately. But great effort. You cannot fault the effort, and and the group is again heading in the right direction as uh, as Stewie Jew does talk about. And uh, and I've seen that I guess off the field last year, and I'm seeing it on the field this year, which is fantastic. Yeah, so I thought we won the midfield battle against the Dogs uh, for, Agreed, most, yeah. for most of the night. Um, Tuke Miller, David Swallow, uh, Jared Witts, Greenwood, uh, even Holman was quite impressive when he did go in there as well. Uh, yes. Against the likes of McRae, Bontempelli, um, and the the other stars in that Dogs midfield, they did re- really well. I thought that was going to be our Achilles heel for that game uh we had 10 more inside 50s than the dogs but unfortunately yes. i think it was that second quarter where we just weren't able to capitalize um and we we only got the one goal i think from basically an entire quarter being played in our forward half definitely my my, my head was turned to the right for pretty much the whole game uh, the whole second quarter watching watching the ball in our forward line and we just credit to the bulldogs um their defense was very good um, that they that they te- they had very good team defence, but they also chipped in with a number of intercept marks and uh, and, and made it difficult for us to get through and score. But um, for for obvious reasons, um, not 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 capitalising on that second quarter. I think we should have had maybe a maybe a fifteen point lead, twenty point lead perhaps, and we went in actually two points down at half time. So that was that was a shame um, and. It, the, the, the Bulldogs did did make us pay uh, and got a little bit of a, a little bit of a gap, couple of goal gap on us uh, in, in the second half, and uh, we couldn't quite run it down. So, so um, as a coach, what do you think the Suns could have done better to try to capitalise on that? Besides actually kicking straight, uh, I mean, the Bulldogs had pretty much flooded uh, our forward fifty, and the ball wasn't really going much further than than the halfway mark. So yeah, yeah, is is there something they could have done better? I was thinking maybe have look for players on the run outside fifty. So a Lockie Weller come streaming past. I think one of the I think it might have been Harbrow took a mark just outside fifty or Hanley, and maybe have Weller come by, grab the ball, and try and have a ping from fifty five out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we did dominate. I guess, I guess it comes down to the fact that a lot of scores come from turnover, and and the reason for that in, in the AFL, that is in general, the reason for that, obviously, they don't have time to get the numbers back, and it becomes a pure one on one. And it was an extremely wet and slippery night as well, so that makes it difficult to 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 bomb it from outside fifty with not having. Um, Sure footing, or as sure footing as, as what you would probably like, and also obviously that the slipperiness of the ball, uh, your hands, and so on, and so on and so forth. So trying to, they did try and spot up inside fifty. It just came down to delivery. Um, unfortunately, the delivery, a lot of times I saw us um, kick it on Sam Day, and in particular Ben King's head, uh, or, or, or fractionally over. So maybe is is it a, is it a leading pattern from from the forwards? Um, or is it a skill execution to the forwards that um, uh, that cost us? Um, we only needed to take a couple of grabs and, and kick a couple of goals, and, and, and it changes dramatically. So 
so so close to, to to obviously winning the game and so close to potentially blowing the dogs out of the water in the second quarter. And I, I think with just natural progression of having these guys play as a unit, I mean, bear in mind, what, how many games has Ben King played now? He played, what, 10 last year? We, 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 he's, he's up he to around even, 18, I think. There you go. Yeah. So it, he hasn't even played 20 games of footy. Um, Sam Day has been a very, very good link player for us. Um, and, and obviously Rankin was out of the square um, most of the night. So, yeah, I, I guess it probably came down to a little bit of uh, a poor execution. It was a combination of things. One, one time it was poor ex- execution. The next time it was good defence by the dogs. Next time it was maybe our forwards running leading too early and running under the ball perhaps or uh, or, or just, again, it being kicked, kicked on the head instead of out in front. So it, you, you, you're right. There could have been some some um, some risk-taking and, and, and having some bombs from outside 50, but I guess if you've got that connection and you can hit someone up 25, 30 metres out right in front or, or on a slight angle, you're probably going to take that option, and that's probably what they're coached to do as well. So the conditions didn't help. Um, the Bulldogs made it difficult for us, and at times we made it difficult for ourselves. So it was a combination of things, and, and you look at it, and it's a it's a five-point margin at the end of the day. Uh, it's just one one straight kick in it, and um, it just goes to show how close we are. And I'd be surprised if the Bulldogs don't make the top four or six teams this year. So... Uh, they're a quality, very, very quality team. and um, They are a quality yeah. team, and we had every chance to win that game, especially in the last quarter. I mean, uh, this leads into the incredible. This is incredible! I mean, Rankin took a beautiful specky in, oh. in the last quarter with minutes to go and could have, yes. could have tied the game with that shot. But he... I guess this is probably the ridiculous part as well. <laughs> he, he tried to run around and he, he made it a lot more difficult for himself, finishing the game with one goal four. So yes. he he could have single-handedly won that game for us. Absolutely. I mean, he had, he, he, I think he kicked, was it 3-3 in his first game against Melbourne as well? And, and we went down by just a couple of goals. I think they kicked a goal after the siren to, yeah. to make the margin a bit bigger. Uh, and, and there were some gettable goals for him as well. And I think he's kicked six goals, nine in three games. So he's he's absolutely absolutely getting some opportunities. And um, conversion will come. I think will come with a little bit more poise, uh, a little bit more um, game time under his belt. It was his third game, and, and if you say that a third game is going to get five shots on goal, you'd take that every day of the week, even if you kick five points straight. Now one four. Um, if it was 2-3 or ideally 3-2, then we get the win. Um, but not to be. It was, I dare say, if he goes back and, and, and has a look at that, that that final kick, I reckon he'd do exactly the same thing again. I reckon he'd snap it around the body um, and, and not go back for a drop punt, particularly in those conditions. I think there's a little bit more wriggle room for error uh, as opposed to a drop punt maybe slipping off the... Uh, off off the boot, um, being a, being a wet slippery ball, particularly late in the game. In so, saying that, though, he his only goal came from a beautiful drop punt in he- heavier conditions. It was pouring rain at that stage, yes, and he was about forty out. I think it was a beautiful kick of the ball as well. 
Uh, yes. So he can certainly do that. He can certainly kick oh. a, a beautiful drop punt. Um, 100%. 100%. His, his goal against the, um, uh, the Sydney Swans in the run the previous week as well was, uh, was, was outstanding. So he's, he's, he can execute a drop punt, that's for sure. But maybe the maybe his confidence at the time was, yeah, I'm close enough here. I'll just snap it around the corner and just bend it around. And just unfortunately, just hooked it a fraction too far. He, it was there was there was maybe two centimeters in it. He hits the ball two centimeters um, further up, and uh, yeah, it doesn't hook as much and goes straight through the middle. And we're, we're having a different conversation because we're, we're we're back in the center. The scores are level, and we we potentially get another center clearance because we were dominating that last quarter. Yeah, and the positive from this, like you said, his five scoring shots, uh, as he matures and gets more games into him, he's either going to get more scoring shots or become a lot more deadly with his accuracy and win games off the the back of his boot. So a lot to look positive to. Um, I mean, like you said, Bulldogs, they're probably going to finish around that top six mark. Uh, So really impressive uh, what the Suns were able to do. Um, oh, 100%. And they're, they're definitely in the talking uh, point for playing finals this year. Definitely in consideration in that to try and get into the top eight. Um, you, you wits was great. He dominated Tim English, which everyone thought would be the matchup to watch. Uh, yeah, two, he's, Tim English has been in great form. And what was, I think it was 46 hitouts to 14 and uh, and broke even within possessions and around the ground. And I watched that closely because Tim English has been in great form and he had something like 200 ranking points the previous week. And uh, Witsy actually took him, to, took him to school. Yeah. So Tuke Miller was our best with the ranking points, had 146 and Collins behind him on 121. Um, those two both played fantastic games, both different types. Miller was sensational in the midfield. He's having a career best year and probably pushing himself up into the A-grade category of midfielders. And Collins is arguably got to be in all-Australian consideration uh, for his work as a, a centre-half back, full-back. That can intercept as well. 100%, yeah. Um, uh, on my... Um uh, ABC feedback. I, I gave a three-two-one um, to uh, Miller and Collins, and Wits was my three-two-one. So you're uh, you're spot on the money there, Shane. Uh, Took has been in, in amazing form, and he's pretty much been in my votes every week. Um, uh, obviously, Rail going down has uh, put a little bit more responsibility on him to win win that clearance, but he was pretty much. Um, paired up and, and matched up against uh, the Bont uh, on, on a number of occasions at, at stoppages and the Bont ha- had about 20 touches I think from memory and, and Turkey had 26 in the end and absolutely was, because it's about matchups as well, it's it's easy to, to, to get junk handballs and kicks and, and what have you and, and rack up numbers particularly late in quarters and uh, it, it, it's who you're, a, and you're, and you particularly when you're not marked or you're not marking someone. But but Miller's form is is outstanding because he's accountable to the other players. He could he could have thirty five possessions if he was just running around by himself. But his defensive acts are outstanding. And speaking of defenders um, or defensive acts uh, in the defender Sam Collins, who we spoke about a bit earlier. Sammy kept Josh Bruce, who in my opinion has been in, in really good form for the Dogs after switching over from St Kilda. He he didn't get a kick 
and he didn't even mark it once. He, he had a handful of, uh, I think he had seven or eight handballs uh, when they looked at the stats after the game, but he was kickless, obviously goalless because he didn't kick it <laughs> and didn't take a mark, whereas Sam Collins basically was on him all night and uh, dominated him, m- had numerous uh, intercept possessions. I think he had 17 touches in the end himself and a, and a handful of marks and a number of tackles. Um what was Josh Bruce doing? He was, he, he was, <laughs> again, he was a bit like Witsy. He was taken absolutely to the cleaners um, uh, with with what he did to Tim English, uh, Witsy. But uh, Collins taught Josh Bruce a lesson. Um, it wasn't a night for Fords, but um, I'll tell you what, Sam not only beat him, he uh, he absolutely dominated him, and he's undoubtedly has to be in the conversation. He'd be going past the likes of uh, I know Robbie Tarrant has been spoken about. Um, McGovern, um, Jeremy McGovern's always always in the conversation, but uh, Sam Collins is right up there in consideration for uh, for for key centre half backs in the competition, and he'd be he'd be shading the likes of uh, of Hurley and um, uh, from the Bombers, and uh, and certainly Alex Keith from the Bulldogs, who we played against the other night. Uh, he'd be well and truly up the uh, up the order ahead of them for sure. Yeah, he would. All right, unfortunately, that does us for time tonight, Jason, but thank you very much for joining me on the show tonight. Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for having me on and uh, looking forward to a, a victory against the, uh, the Giants on Sunday afternoon. Um, Metricon at 3.30, I think it is, and uh, game on. It's a, it's a massive game for the club, and uh, it's, it's anyone's game, but fingers crossed we can get across the line. Okay, well, until next week, go Suns. Yeah, the sunnies. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.